Welcome to Said on Sunday, a podcast by Kelliville Anglican where we talk about what was said on Sunday or even what we didn't have time to say on Sunday. We are passionate about being deep in the Word of God and doing life together in community. So thanks for letting us into your week as we learn more about Jesus together. Here's today's episode. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Set on Sunday podcast where we're not actually talking about what was said on Sunday but what was said on Wednesday which has a different kind of a ring to it. Um, I'm Beck, your host, and with me is Richard and Dave. Hi, Hello. guys. Hello, Hi, Beck. So before we get too far into it, I think we need to explain ourselves a little bit. We're talking about the life course that Kellyville Anglican ran over the last few weeks. Dave, could you give us a bit of an idea about what that's all about? A bit of a please explain. Okay, <laughs> I can do that. Uh so the life series uh, we have run in term three of uh, 2022, in case you're listening to this years down the track, uh, welcome. Um, uh, well, you're probably not. But um, <laughs> the life series specifically designed uh, for people to bring their friends who are either investigating Jesus or don't know much about him, but have a curiosity uh, to have an opportunity for the, the gospel to be clearly explained and also to help people see that the gospel is rational and logical mm. uh, and there, there's answers to questions. And so it ran over five Wednesday nights. Uh, we uh, wrestled with uh, topics like, you know, what does it mean to have life to the full? Because that's what Jesus tells us. You know, can you trust the Bible? What happens after you die? What does it mean to follow Jesus? What's wrong with the world and uh, what's the solution? So we're looking at pretty big questions uh, throughout the whole series. And uh, it, it was fabulous. It was really, really good to do. Uh, we work very hard to set a culture and environment that's casual uh, and where people feel comfortable to ask their questions. Uh, and, and that's really important that, that we set that culture up. Um, because we want people to be genuine with exactly where they are. Um, and so we, we work hard for that. And, um, uh, yeah, part of it is uh, question time. Mm. Uh, and so people can write down questions. I'm also very happy for, happy for people to sort of interrupt my answer to a question and say, hey, what about this? And that, and that happened a few times and that's perfectly okay. Um, but we ended up with a lot of questions, yep. um, over 70 of them. And uh, we thought it'd be a good idea just to go through and answer some of those questions together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not 70. Um, we're going to answer not. five <laughs> questions just to give you guys a bit of a, a taste of the questions and the material covered at, at life. Um, all right, so our first question that we're going to address is, many religions claim that if you follow them, you go to heaven. How do we know that following Jesus is the right one? Yeah, it just is all right. No, that's not what, that's not what I said. Um, <laughs> this course sounds great. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, firstly, I guess we want to acknowledge um, that there are lots of people out there uh, who do believe uh, that you can hold all the major religions together. Uh, and that's what love looks like. That's what tolerance is. That's the sort of society that, that we want to have. Uh, and uh, I, I do remember at life, um, someone pushing pretty hard uh, on this particular topic. Um, and they're like, why can't we just love everyone? Mm -hmm. uh, and my, my answer is, we absolutely do love everyone. Uh, and 
love and tolerance isn't necessarily saying everyone's correct and nobody is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, although society today very much pushes that. Uh, good love, good tolerance is saying, no, no, we disagree, but I respect you as a person. And even in our disagreements, disagreements, uh, I don't hate you. Um, and uh, I, I'm happy to have a difference of, of opinion. Uh, and that comes down to um, uh, the, my answer to the question um, uh, is um, not all religions lead to the same path. Mm. And if you just do a basic compare and contrast, even between um, uh, Judaism, Islam and Christianity, and you put the central tenets of Christianity on the table, Jesus' death and resurrection, uh, they all have a difference of opinion. And you need to ask yourself, did Jesus die or didn't he? Did he rise again or didn't he? Because they all answer that question fundamentally differently. So, And they contradict one another. It's not like you can hold them next to each other and still go, oh, yeah, you know, I, I see how it all comes together. Uh, that's That's not the case. Um, so how do we know following Jesus is the right one um, when we compare and contrast them? Um, well, you've probably got a little bit of homework to do mm. um, to understand, is the Bible true? Now, that's week two of life, so I don't want to give it all away. I'd love <laughs> for you to come and, and experience, but there's good reasons to trust the Scriptures. Um, but I think beyond all... All those things, if the scriptures are true, I think the clincher is the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. If Jesus died, three days later rose again, uh, that is a game changer uh, for uh, the truths of the Christian gospel. Oh no, Richard, Beck, you guys? Uh, Yeah, so if you're looking at at different religions, then if, if I can put it this way, the difference between Christianity and everything else is... Religion is all about doing. Christianity is about is about being. By that I mean you do things in order to get right with your God or you are already being in a right relationship because of what God has done for you. And that's, a mm-hmm. fundam- that's the fundamental difference there. And then, then to come to the resurrection because that's the key. So if we say to you that to be a Christian, what has happened is that God has sent Jesus to die on the cross for you and that is where salvation is found, but he's died. How, how do you know that that is right? Mm. And this is where the resurrection becomes absolutely key because God could have done that, left Jesus in the grave, hypothetically. You'd never know. Mm. And so the, the, you'd never, how do I know that, that Jesus' death has paid the penalty for my It's the resurrection. Mm. And... It's, it's somewhere like we could then talk for the next 10 minutes about evidence for the resurrection. I, I won't do that now. But it's something that's worth investigating for yourself. Sit down and, and think through, did Jesus open the scriptures? Did this happen in history? And, and work that through. And if you do it for yourself, you, you can find that you'll believe the answers a lot more than me just telling you... Uh, for, for myself over a podcast, but investigate because it is the most important thing that you will ever investigate. Mm. As far as facts in history are concerned, mm. you, it's the most important event in history, the, mm. the death and then the resurrection of Jesus. So 
is worthwhile spending your time getting to, to work it out for yourself. Did this actually happen? And there's mm. a there's a there's a couple of resources if you want to if you want to go reading at this point. Um, the this probably shows my age in terms of the resources. Um, there's the case for the resurrection by Lee Strobel, mm-hmm. uh, who also wrote the a book called The Case for Christ, uh, which uh, is is brilliant in terms of investigating it through. Uh, the other one is a much much older one, Who Moved the Stone, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Morrison. I think that's a pseudonym. Isn't it? He wasn't actually Frank Morrison's different name. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. um, that was on r- ran- random facts, um, <laughs> or or not. Uh, check it up yourself. Um, Google the be friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Frank Morrison, who moved the stone, uh, he set out to disbunk, disbunk, debunk, debunk, debunk. Yeah. Debunk's oh man, the speech pathologist. You know, <laughs> yeah, she's looking right. at yeah, I'm looking at you. <laughs> judgy eyes. I know. I know. Um, I, I, I'm I'm comfortable. Um, <laughs> It's, um, yeah, he set out to sort of prove it wrong and, yeah. uh, and ended up going the other way uh, on it. So, yep. yeah, there's just a couple of quick resources. And even though those resources, as you said, they are, they are old, the, the facts haven't changed. No. So it doesn't yeah. matter that the resources may have been written a few years ago, the facts are exactly the same. Mm. Mm. A so. more recent one is um, Jay Warner Wallace, case, Cold Case Christianity. Nice. So he's a detective who wanted to – figure out whether Christianity was true because his wife became a Christian. And as a, as a police officer, like who's a cold case expert, looked at all the evidence um, for the resurrection and came to the conclusion that it happened. Mm. So that's, a, that's an interesting read. He also has some youth editions of that for kids as well. So check that out, cold case Christianity, if you're interested. Um, all right. So the second question is um, – Oh, these are tricky questions. So second question is, if people don't know about God or Jesus, will they still be saved if Jesus is the only way? Beck? <laughs> you, you love throwing these curly questions back my way. What's the hardest one? I'll throw, I'll throw that yeah. one away. Yeah. This is a hard one. And I guess if whenever someone asks me this question, and usually like it's like my kids have asked this question of me before, um, I always ask, well, who doesn't know? Like who, who are these people that don't know about Jesus? Because we as Christians need to go and tell them about Jesus. And so that might be a friend at school who doesn't know much about Jesus, or it might be someone on an unknown island that we don't know about. How are we going to reach them with the gospel? Mm. Um, yeah. So given all those different um, kinds of people, it is a tricky question to answer. Um, and I, I did do a little bit of research on this, um, just to kind of get my head around it a little bit more. Um, and it's tricky because there are some pretty good theologians who have different views. Mm. Um, so I'll tell you a little bit about them and then I'll tell you where I land. But one of them is, is that, um, if someone really doesn't know, then God takes into their knowledge into account, Um, when he's making a judgment. Um, So there's a passage in Luke 12, 47 and 48, where Jesus tells a parable about a servant who didn't know what the master's instructions were. And he received a lighter penalty. So he got a light beating because he didn't know what he should be doing. Um, And um, yeah, versus other people who knew what they were supposed to be doing and didn't do it. So there's this idea in scripture it's not completely relevant to the question, but this idea that we are judged according to what we know about God. But then you look at Romans 1 and 18 to 23, which sort of says that people, 
can see creation mm. and that's evidence enough for God. So they are without excuse, Paul says. Um, so that kind of suggests maybe that, no, you need to know the gospel and and submit to it in order to be saved. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> but And so where, where I come to this is it's absolutely critical that people hear the gospel, mm. no bones about it. Yep. Um, but I do see the potential injustice of someone not having access to the gospel and so not being able to respond to it. Mm. I do see the injustice of that. And, but I don't believe that God is not just. So I'm just going to rest in God's character on this and trust him that whatever decision he makes is the right one Yeah. because that's who he is. He is right. That's how we know what right is. It comes from him. So he mm. can't make the wrong decision. Um, so that's where I land. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, a lot of great missionary organizations have been born out of exactly what you've just said, mm. uh, seeing people, groups, uh, and nationalities, uh, who did not know the gospel, uh, China inland mission, mm. you know, for example, I think is OMF these days. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the Oxford seven, if you ever come across them, uh, you know, they, they, they'd seen that China was a mission field where people didn't know the gospel mm. and they went there with, you know, driven out of this people who don't know. Mm. Uh, in the same places like Wycliffe, uh, Bible translations, uh, there are still hundreds of um, languages that don't have uh, access to the, the scriptures in their own language. Mm. Uh, and so there, there's there's a drive, you know, and, you know, um, uh, a lot of the uh, South um, the American uh, mission boards and stuff like that are, are born out of these particular things. There's a lot of very passionate people that go, we've we got to get out there and you know, ensure that there is no one who cannot access scriptures in some way. And and this is all, I, you know, it's all starting to change mm. as our world becomes slightly more global uh, from a technology point of view and the access to internet and all those things as that sort of expands in, in all sorts of places uh, to be able to have access to it. Um, but but I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Beck. Like mm. uh, ultimately we come back and we rest on who God is and what his character is. Mm. And so, you know, for a person who's not a Christian and asking this question, uh, my, my response to them is uh, we, we need to understand who God is and his character uh, and that he will judge people rightly and fairly. Mm-hmm. And, but we don't know what that is. Mm. Uh, and that may be unsatisfactory for some. And I'd, I'd want to acknowledge that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And again, for the... For the Christian, uh, the Romans uh, ten, 10 verses are other ones. Uh, how will they call on him who they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they've never heard? And how will they hear without someone preaching? And how they preach unless someone is sent? So uh, for us, if you're a Christian listening to this, then the drive, as Dave has just been saying, with, with many missionary organisations, and the drive for, in the Christian heart you would hope would be, I have good news to tell. There are people who haven't heard this good news they need to hear. Let's go tell. Mm. Yeah, really helpful. Okay, so our next question is about miracles. There are miracles in the Bible. Why don't we see them today? Yeah, great question. Um, uh, and, and true, there are lots of amazing things that happen in the Bible, like things you go, wow, yep. that is remarkable. Um you know, the creation of the world. Mm. 
Um, you know, Jesus walking on water, yep. raising someone from the dead, um, casting out demons, all these things that you go, that's not my normal every day. Mm. Um, and so we, I think it's a really valid question in terms of, you know, well, if those things happen then, like, were they deluded? You know, has science proven these miracles to be wrong? You know, was it just the, the east wind that parted the west, the, the Red Sea? And, yep. you know, all, all those all those things, I think that they're, they're, they're good questions. Um, and so uh, my answer here, which, you know, you know, can sort of just be a, a start of a conversation, uh, is I think we do see miracles today. Mm. Um, and... Uh, we need to understand what a miracle is and understand what we read in the Bible when we see these amazing things happening because they mm. pretty much happen through the hand of God. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, Jesus, we say, is is God. Uh, and so, you know, he's able to command the wind and the waves, you know, uh, when the storm comes up in uh, in um the early part of Mark's account of the life of Jesus. Um, I'm not God. Oh. It just, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. Everyone's everyone's completely shocked. There was one time I was preaching, uh, just a complete aside, um, and this uh, little boy, he was about seven or eight, and um, he turned to his mum during my talk and said, is that guy God? Um, and I said, what did you say? And she said, I said, no, I said, Oh man, like there was my chance. Um, Your uh, chance for what? <laughs> I don't know, Beck. Um, anyway, um, I'm sure that's not a, a massive revelation, but I, I'm not God in terms of the, the miracles. You know, I, I can't command, command the wind and the waves. Mm. Um, uh, God can, and He can, and He still does amazing things today. The primary thing that I think that God does is draw people back to himself yeah. in repentance yeah. of faith. That is the primary miracle. Given the fact that we have rejected him, uh, I think it's a miracle that anybody is saved. Yeah. And I think that's the greatest thing. And I know for lots of people, they hanker for more. Mm. Uh, and I know I know a couple of people who have walked away from Jesus altogether because they look and they go, God could do it, but he doesn't do it. Mm. Um you know, that, that doesn't seem fair. Mm. And, and I have deep sympathy for people um, who wrestle deeply with that um, in terms of a, wanting a greater experience. Uh, and um, uh, I, I sympathise with it, but I just don't think uh, that's the lens by which we want to in, yeah. investigate. But anyway, I, I said, that's the start of a convo. Yeah. Yeah. Help, help me out. I, I, I like what you said there. Um, when we, we need to go back and work, okay, what are we defining as a miracle? And quite often part of that definition is that it's something spectacular by definition. But does a miracle have to be spectacular for it to be a miracle, to be an act of God? Uh, because that is normally where we'd put the definition of a miracle if we're, uh, if we're talking about one. It is an act that only God could do. Mm. That's a one, one definition of a miracle. And I think a lot of the miracles that we see today are in and of themselves not spectacular. So, for example, to pick up Dave's point, people coming to Jesus, sinners repenting, mm. it does not look spectacular, often. Uh, I know my repentance was not spectacular. Uh, there was nothing spectacular about me getting down on my hands and knees, my, my, on my bed, actually, 
and saying to God, I can't control my life. You, you do with it what you want. Mm. That was, that was an act of repentance. There was, no one saw that. It wasn't spectacular. It was an act of God. And so, so miracles, we, we see the miracles in the Bible and we, we, cause some of them are very spectacular and we think, ah, this is what we want to see today. And if we don't see those, then we think that God is not working or that there are no miracles. But every time someone repents of their sin, as Dave was saying, that, that, that is the miracle. As a matter of fact, that is where the whole Bible is pointing to, mm. is the forgiveness of sins, seeing people repent and come into a relationship with the living God. And so the miracles are pointing to that. So mm. if you're looking for a miracle, look for something that points to people repenting mm. and, and people coming to faith. That's where the miracles point. They point to Jesus, point to God, point to repentance, point to people coming to hold Jesus as their Lord. That is your miracle. Mm. And we see that it doesn't have to be spectacular though. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's really helpful. I have to say I used to be really sceptical about modern day miracles because um, mm. I figured that miracles in the Bible, which aren't, which do happen in the Bible, but if you read the whole lot, they don't happen that often right. um, in history, rare, actually, in biblical in, in history. history. Yeah. And so what, what were they there for? And, and they were there to communicate something about God, as you were saying, Indeed. Richard, like to draw people back to God, to show everyone who he was, to provide evidence for who he was and his character and that kind of thing. So I think if, if there's any claims of the miraculous today, and there are, there are lots of Christians that would testify to experiencing miracles. For me, that I'm not, I'm not skeptical anymore. I'm not like, yeah, no, nah, that didn't happen. But I do want to test it against that. Like, is that miracle demonstrating something about the character of God and drawing people to himself? Mm. And then my skepticism softens. And I think, well, of course God can do miracles today. His power is unchanged and his plan is unchanged. Mm. So, yeah, but I'm still, I'm still wrestling with this one, I'll be honest. Yeah. And, and, and look, I think... Um Traditionally, Christians have ended up in two camps around miracles. Mm. Um, uh, those who are called the cessationists, mm. uh, who say there was, um, they were for a period of time, you know, to establish the church. There's a concentration of them around Jesus and the apostles, but then they stop. Mm. And therefore we should have no expectation and we don't expect to see them today. Uh, and then there's those who are continuationalists who say, no, no, nothing's changed. Uh, it's same God you know, on and on it, it should go and our expectation should be. Mm. I have problems with both camps. Mm. Uh, and um, there's a really old article, I don't know whether you'll be able to find online, uh, that John Woodhouse wrote called Where Have All the Miracles Gone? Uh, it's a two-part. It's in an old magazine that Matthias Media used to produce oh, called yeah. The Briefing. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, which, uh, Last century, actually. <laughs> oh, thank <laughs> you, Richard. I'm remembering that correctly. Um, it, no, but it's a brilliant article. It's really brilliant. Um uh, to, to sort of, I think, wrestle with those two sides. To, mm. you know, and he goes, there's something right about both and there's something that's not quite right when mm. you wrestle with Scripture. And that's the problem with any label that you want to put on yeah. people yeah, around there. Um, but there are some people who hold very strongly on both both ends of the, uh, of mm. the spectrum. Yep. Yep. Mm. yep, definitely. All right, um, moving on to our next question. What happens to a person who has accepted forgiveness but deliberately keeps sinning? Good question. Um, mm. And uh, I, I've, I have two answers that go two separate ways. So my first answer is 
is that not all of us? Mm. Like, I'm not just an ignorant sinner as a Christian. Mm. I'm a deliberate sinner. And it's not just that, you know, I go, oh, whoops, shouldn't it? Like, this, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, a, uh, there's a way in which we love the sin that we do. Mm. Otherwise, we wouldn't keep doing it uh, if we genuinely hated it. Uh, and, and at that point, you want to go, I want to keep going back and saying, that's why Jesus came. Mm. That's why Jesus came because we are sinful through and through um, and on and on. And the only time that uh, we won't have to wrestle with our sin and the presence of it is heaven. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, on and on every day, you know, um, uh, rest on who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Mm. My second answer is we, you got to be careful. Yeah. Because Hebrews tells us that we need to be careful. After the amazing high point of Hebrews chapter 10, and it gets to the point, it says, man, you know, like how great's the high priest, um, you know, Jesus, our priest, um, you know, keep meeting. The very next sort of sentence, if I'm remembering it correctly, is addressing this specific question that says, you know, if, you know for those who have tasted the Holy Spirit. Yep. Mm. Uh, and I've walked away. There is no more forgiveness of sin. Yep. And so I want to uphold both answers because they are both found in the scriptures. Yep. Mm. Uh, and let my finite brain try and live with the tension <laughs> yeah. of an infinite God who <laughs> can hold those things together. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. I think as well there's other places which serve as warnings um, for people that have accepted God's forgiveness but continue to live according to the flesh is one way that Paul talks about it, that like still sinning. So Galatians 5.21, um, Paul lists uh, the acts of the flesh, rage, drunkenness, sexual immorality, hatred, ambition, things like that, um, and then says those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that serves as a warning to us to strive for holiness. Um, and also if you are one of those people or come across one of those people, I don't know, I haven't met anyone like this, I'll be honest. But if I, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm just not living like a Christian right now. Just be careful. Like that's a that's really shaky ground to be walking on. Yeah, it, it's, um, <clears throat> it's that sort of old uh, um illustration of how close do you want to go to the cliff's edge. Mm. There are warnings in scriptures for a reason. Mm. In the same way, uh, I remember Louise and I went to, for a holiday down to the Great Ocean Road, mm-hmm. a beautiful stretch of coastline. Uh, and every place you stop, you know, there's a sign that says warning, cliff's edge. Mm. But over and over again, every single time there would be tourists over the banner for the perfect photo, right? Like how mm. close do you want to go? Uh, and, and I think there's the same when it comes to our Christian lives. Um, mm. While we, we want to keep going back to resting on, you know, God's forgiveness for us, mm. just be really careful of walking close to the edge. Yeah. I think that's what Hebrews and Galatians and those passages are, are, are pushing us to sort of go, heed the warning. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, and so if, if I've understood this here, if you're accepting forgiveness and then what you're saying is, okay, I'm accepting Jesus as my saviour. If I'm doing that, 
then he must become my Lord as well. Mm. So I can't just have Jesus as my saviour. He has to be my saviour and my Lord. Mm. The two go hand in hand. Yeah. And to, to say that I'm going to, to, to accept this forgiveness, but he's no longer going to be my Lord. As soon as Jesus stops becoming my Lord, he very quickly stops becoming my saviour. Mm. So the two very much go hand in hand. So if I'm living this way, then I'll, I'll eventually give up the salvation because the salvation's then not going to mean anything. Salvation only means, really means something to me if I say, okay, I'm, I'm forgiven and, and I'm, I now have this Lord who has forgiven me. So, so I'm, I'm now going to follow him. As soon as I stop following him, of course, I'm going to, follow, I'm going to stop following what he's done. So that's, yeah, that's where I would put that as, uh, again, the cliff's edge is a really good illustration. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah, if you go too close to that cliff's edge, you are going to fall off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is our last question and it's a really hard one. <laughs> mm. um, our question is, what happens to us after we die? Yeah. Um, well, uh, you'll, you'll have a funeral. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's not what they mean. Oh, okay, we, okay. We're going to either bury your body or we're going to burn it. Uh, yep. Richard, you yep. you gave this talk I gave because this talk, I was unable it? to be there. Oh, that yes, week. you you had COVID but didn't die, which I is didn't, really nice. I didn't, that was yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, from Hebrews Hebrews nine, I think it's verse twenty seven. Uh, it, it almost says this in in passing: uh, after death comes judgment. And the reason it says in passing because it then goes on to talk about uh, Jesus' uh, death on the cross and his and, and how true that is. Mm. So it depends on what's been asked by the question. See, what happens to us after we die? The Bible's really short answer is after death comes judgment. After we die comes judgment. Sometimes people are asking, what happens in the intermediate time between the time that I actually lose consciousness and that I'm standing before Jesus? Now, that's actually... A different question, I sort of suspect that that is the question that's being, being asked. Mm. And there are basically two field or two uh, lines that Christians take. One is the what they call the soul sleep. So I, I fall asleep, if you like, I die. And then I continue on in this creation asleep somehow. Uh, and then at the last day, I'm, I resurrected. And the other one is a, a very different one where it is uh, as soon as you die, you, you just, you're in eternity. And it's, got, it's actually got more to do with your philosophy of, of the world than it does with your theology, um, with, with those two. But whichever one you take, I don't think it really matters. What happens to us after we die, theologically, really straightforward, after death comes judgment. So that's right. the, the next thing that happens after death is judgment. So there's no purgatory. I uh, just want to clear that one up so we, we don't pay off our sins or anything like that. It's after death we're standing before God. How long that takes, how long we feel that takes, probably not relevant theologically. The fact is that death, once you die, that is, that's it. You are now going to stand before God, which also brings with it a warning. You don't know when you're going to die. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you don't know when the Lord Jesus is going to return either. Uh, and so either either of these, you don't know when that's going to happen. So the, you need to make sure that you're right with God now, mm. yeah, and, and don't don't put that off. Yeah. It's um, and 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 two, I guess uh, the assumption 
behind uh, your answers, um, it's not reincarnation that Are we're you, going through. Yes, you know, that's it's, right. Yes, it's 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 not um, it's not nothing. Yep. Uh, it's not you end up in the ground and that's it. You know, this yep. life is all there is. Um, and you know, obviously, different religions. Back to question one, have yeah. very different answers to to the question of what happens after we die. Uh, and so the Christian response very much is built again around the resurrection. Mm. The, the one person who has seen death uh, and come back again is the person I want to trust yep. in terms of whose answer feels satisfactory to me uh, when, when we ask this question. And we need to keep asking this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to uh, keep, um, uh, keep pointing people back to, to who Jesus is. Mm. Um, and, and the resurrection around yeah. it. And that's where the resurrection does become really key, doesn't it? Because you've got this question, okay, I'm, I'm going to die within, well, I don't know when it's going to be. It's <laughs> going to be within the next 50 years, okay? I, I, that that I, I know for certain that my time has got a limited yeah. span. Okay, what's, what's going to happen then if the resurrection gives me great hope? Mm. Because with the resurrection, Jesus has already defeated death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with that, now I've got this great hope. Okay, after death may come judgment, but oh, hang on a moment. I can look back to the cross as well. Jesus has taken my sin on the cross. Oh, this is there. This is good news. And uh, with the resurrection, even death, well, where now death is your sting? Mm. Ah, it's, it's gone. Uh, death no longer has any more sting. It has no more bite. So uh, gospel is really good news. Mm. So we began the podcast with the resurrection and we have ended the podcast well, with there the you resurrection. Go. We've come full circle. We have you'd come think, full you'd think circle. We planned it though. <laughs> but yeah, we, hadn't. we did not. But it, yeah, it's nice that it worked out that way. Um, so that that's the life course that was run this year and it's running again, Dave. Yeah, it is. So our plan is to run it three times next year uh, in term one, term two, and term four. Uh, in term one, we're looking sort of mid midish February uh, mm-hmm. to, to start it again. Um, and it, it's it's worth starting to think because uh, to get someone to come to the life series can take lots of small conversations uh, and lots of different opportunities. And, and it's part of our hope to sort of give you some opportunities for some easy interactions with us, be that over Christmas, mm. um, you know, perhaps even over January with a couple of small events that, that we're planning um, so that they can, you know, you can take your friend on a bit of a journey because mm-hmm. ask them, hey, flat out sometimes, hey, do you want to come to this thing at church? No, I yeah. don't. Um, you know, just sort of helping them get comfortable and taking small steps towards Jesus. Uh, we're, we're keen to sort of help journey with you um, yeah. as we uh, as we try and reach the, the, the multitude of people who don't know Jesus mm. around us. Mm. And so if you don't have a friend to bring, is it still worth coming along? Yeah, and so this is one of the um, uh, one of the things we did uh, just on the Sunday bean uh, of just sort of highlighting how good it's just to come along. And I, I did invite all small groups, well, all small group leaders. I said, "Hey, it's okay to bring your small group with you mm-hmm. uh, for for part of this term. Like, commit to come to the whole thing. Don't just jump in and out. That's yeah. unhelpful for us." Um, and so, if your small group wants to come along uh, and check it out in in term one, that'd be we'd love to have you. Um, because sometimes you need to see it to build confidence and trust before you put an invite out there to say, come along to this thing. And that's, yeah, yeah. you're more than welcome to come. And, and when you do see it, you, you will have a lot of confidence and trust in it. So mm-hmm. it is worthwhile doing exactly what Dave has suggested.
Mm. Okay, it sounds great. I encourage everyone to uh, avail themselves of the opportunity to go the life course and to bring along your friends who don't yet know Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. We'd love you to join us at Kellyville Anglican any Sunday at 8.30, 10.30 or 6.15pm. If you can't visit us in person, you can also join us online. You can find out more information at www.kac.sydney. So come join us and see for yourself what is said on Sunday.